Boy, it's a good time for the Lynchburg Hillcats to be on the road because it seems like the bases have been worn out after kids maybe didn't even have any bases to run at the end of yesterday's game. Maybe they didn't even have anything to eat either because kids eat free day was yesterday and boy, that was a marathon game. What do we mean? Well, find out now in part two of covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth. A look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Lynchburg Hillcats. What we mean is the Lynchburg Hillcats, a 14-13 victory over the Fredericksburg Nationals yesterday. Is Fredericksburg missing an ever-crucial extra point? Football jokes aside, it was a thrilling game from an offensive standpoint. Uh, and now we welcome in Jason Prill, Lynchburg Hillcats broadcaster to the fast lane. Jason, was there any food left over at the stadium after the game yesterday? And did the kids get to run the bases or were they beaten into the ground by the time they got out there? You know, I think there was just a little bit of food left, but I know they started doing a dollar pizza slices as the people who stuck around were really starting to get hungry toward the end of the game. And luckily, the bases were still above ground and the players had just enough energy to hang out with the kids afterwards, sign some autographs and play some catch. So it ended up being an all-around great day in every aspect. Not only that, but for the Lynchburg Hillcats, second time in the last four games, they've gotten double digits in terms of runs. And in that span, they have averaged over 10 runs per game in their last four games. So that part is highly unlikely to be sustained. What is sustainable, though, from this recent offensive surge from the Lynchburg Hillcats as they head to Fayetteville tomorrow night? Well, I think the part that can be sustained is the fact that they're finally starting to click as a team. They're helping each other out. They're playing selfless baseball, and they're willing to record outs in favor of runs they're not trying to do too much and they're taking their shots so they're being smart they're playing with a high iq and that's the kind of stuff that's going to sustain them into the final month of the season and of course when they get done with that lynchburg comes back starting next tuesday night against the delmarva shorebirds that is eight days from now tuesday august 22nd a man who hopefully will have some food at lynchburg city stadium by that time to actually consume is jason prill with us in the fast lane jason thank you for your time today enjoy catching a breather after those marathon games the last couple days capped off by the big one on sunday i appreciate it i'm gonna go ahead and take a nap and go to bed early tonight ed thank you relish the moment while you can now to nascar speaking of relishing the moment you should relish good races and good finishes when you get them because yesterday was not that at indianapolis motor speedway but it was a great day for smaller teams like front row motorsports which got the victory with michael mcdowell leading the way somebody who was down in indianapolis for much of this past weekend is anthony damcott of frontstretch.com anthony a pleasure to welcome you into the fast lane for this race on sunday it may not have been the most thrilling in terms of action or exciting finishes but how much of a refresher is it that you get an upstart upset driver in michael mcdowell clearly feeling the emotions as he gets to victory lane after his dominating performance well ed first of all thank you so much for having me on this win is huge for michael mcdowell you can see in his post-race interviews that this one meant a lot to him um he wanted to be an Indy 500 driver didn't quite pan out that way. Went the NASCAR route, and he seemed more emotional emotional about this win than he was with the Daytona 500. And he was quite emotional about the Daytona 500. So, 
Michael McDowell, he's done so much in his career. He has had over 450 starts in the NASCAR Cup Series. He's been through so many start and park teams. He's had so many, so many four finishes, obviously an awful wreck in Texas. To see him come out and to flat out dominate at, at Indianapolis was, it was a feel-good story all around for him and his team, Front Row Motorsports. You know, this their fourth win. You know, they're the little team that could, and, and they certainly can right now. Now they're certifiably in the playoffs as opposed to maybe pointing their way in and, and looking ahead to Watkins Glen. He has a shot to win there. And Daytona, anyone can win there. So I think this team may have gotten hot at the right time, which is is incredible to say for a, an underdog team like Front Row. Yeah, it's awesome and a remarkable story. Anthony Damcott with us here in the fast lane. Anthony, the other part of this race is the action did not produce great results. We've touched many times how this type of uh, car doesn't race well on road courses and has not raced well on short tracks, much to the chagrin in our Virginia audience because of Martinsville and the perception of Richmond being a short track. That's a debate for another time. But the racing itself, uh, you know, in a perfect world, they go to Indy Race Park and the short track racing would be great there. What's your ideal scenario for how this race should unfold for a weekend in Indianapolis? Well, listen, I think that they try, they tried the oval. They had that for many years and it worked pretty well. They said, we're going to try something different. We're going to go to the road course. We're going to combine it with the IndyCar series and the first race produced probably the race of the season with all the carnage and A.J. Allmendinger winning. That that desire to go back to the road course has gone away. The trucks have been doing really well, putting on great racing at Indianapolis Raceway Park. You know, racing in central Indiana is going to stay. The question is, where do you go? And for me, I think the road course deserves a few more races because, you know, this race was what NASCAR needed. You know, we've had so many races where it just evolves into madness. And for a race to go green for all of, except like four laps, you know, that was a race that we needed. We needed some strategy racing and, and you know, who could perform well on pit road. We saw the 99 Suarez couldn't quite get it done. And the 34 ended up capitalizing on it. So I think, you know, I think the road course and having no stage cautions really improved the strategy part of the racing which is an important part of racing that may be lost now with stage racing and with the next gen car creating passing you know sometimes you need races that just play out organically and and this weekend that did just that i'd love to see that play out again in 2024 or in the future indeed anthony damcott with us here in the fast lane anthony thank you for your perspective and time on the race weekend at indianapolis Thank you so much, Ed, for having me. Good to talk to you. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? I don't want to insult Trey Lyle by saying he does a better job of screening callers and blocking them from coming in when they're not necessary in the fast lane compared to the Washington Commanders' offensive line, which did not do a very good job, it seems, against Cleveland this past weekend in the preseason opener. Candy Waller, Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Seawall, the commander's part of the insult. Is that justified given the fact that it sure looked like a turnstile for the Cleveland Browns defense going right through the Washington Commander's offensive line? You know what? Funny enough, 
it, it, that that's the offensive line. That is what we see, and all we all I can share is that was a good test. That was some good game action, and they definitely have a starting point of where they are. You know, a starting point for what they need to work on. So hopefully what everyone saw Friday night is not what they will see in on week one. You mentioned a starting point for things on which to work. Um, it goes back to the old Ron Rivera comments about Eric Bieniemy debate. Does the offensive line maybe need a little bit more of a harsh coaching lesson? Because it didn't look like they had the level of nastiness necessary to block a pretty formidable front. And let's be honest, they'll get three of those or six of those twice a year each with the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys at least as part of their NFC East slate. Coach the enemy spends a lot of time with all of the offensive units, but he definitely takes his time with the offensive line. They know that they have a lot of work to do and that it is a work in progress, but they all admit that they actually saw some progress on Friday night. Here's what I can say. It is definitely rough. We're talking about an entirely new unit, new offensive coordinator, and that line being very new to each other as well. So here's a promising point. They have Ravens joint practices this week. They have the Ravens game next Monday, and then, of course, preseason game three. If it looked like that on Friday, which we all know it did, then we know exactly what they need to work on in order for it to get only get better during the season. Let's hope it doesn't get worse. That's the big hope for the Washington Commanders. We always hope for, because we know we'll get, great insight from Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Seawall, last one for you. What's the lingering effect that has come from the Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy commentary story that popped up last week? I think the lingering effects are just more of everyone on the team just buckling down and focusing. You know, we're trying to block out the noise, trying to block out any chatter, and just focusing on the season. At least that's what I'm gathering. I'm gathering, yes, okay, there was an unnecessary distraction last week, but the key is to block out the noise and let's focus because now it's game time. Candy Waller, Seawall Sports and Entertainment. It's always game time for her. When she steps into the fast lane, Seawall, appreciate your time. Thank you much, and we will chat again in another week or so as we have more camp and preseason game action to discuss. Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Candy Waller with us here in the fast lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMAM Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna Danville Southside, and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Trey Lyle VT, Fast Lane Ed Lane, the socials and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Until we join you tomorrow in the Fast Lane, it is now time to go belated, but still live, even though he hosted before us.